As we talk about prison, prison is just a symptom of the sin of this world. And the prison system is really the only business that succeeds by its failure. Oh, now we've got something. <laughs> the prison populations just keep growing larger and larger. And for some reason, America thinks, you know, all we got to do is just lock people up and that will fix the problem or fix these people. But rehabilitation isn't really what people need. They, they need regeneration. They need the power the blood of Jesus Christ to set them free from the bondage of sin, which is that song you guys sang was just perfect, perfect for this message. And so we've got a huge growing problem in America where more and more people are getting incarcerated, 2.2 million people. And the bigger problem is that two out of three are going to repeat offend within three years. And they're right back in to the prison system. That's what I'm talking about. They're succeeding by their failure. They just keep getting bigger business <laughs> not really helping these people to come out of prison and then incorporate back into society. And so, as I said, the answer is not more prisons. It's not locking people up and throwing away the key because some people just think that's, that's the answer. But the answer is the good news of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ that can set them free from the bondage of sin and death. And so prisoners need that regeneration. And so that's what PMA is all about, is reaching prisoners for Christ. That's our goal. That's our mission. And God has given us, the church, the body of Christ, the message of hope and salvation. And we call it the good news of the gospel of the grace of God. And the gospel is the cure for sin. And that's, that's something that's infected everybody. And so the church needs to be the healing community, showing the grace and the mercy of God. Often we shoot the wounded, don't we? Or the hurting, or those that are... Often we... <laughs> and so even I... I know some people that they, they just think you should just lock up these people. They, they don't deserve any help. You know, they're in prison. They've done something and they deserve what they're getting. And so he didn't want to help them at all. But what does the Bible say? That's what I want to talk about here is what does the Bible say? And, um, and maybe in this congregation of this size, you probably know someone or have a friend or a relative that has been incarcerated. And um, I know if I asked you guys to raise your hand, I don't know if, if you want to raise your hands, but... I would have to be the first to raise my hand because I had a nephew in prison in Australia. My nephew was incarcerated. I went and visited him. I had an uncle in the Hennepin County Workhouse in Minneapolis. I went and visited him. I had a brother-in-law up in Duluth Federal Prison. I had to go up and visit him. And I had a cousin in and out of prison many times, actually. <laughs> and so I have a number of friends and co-workers as well that have been incarcerated. And so I don't know, just a show of hands, is there anyone here that knows someone or has someone that they've known that was incarcerated? Okay. Wow. Yeah. So that's like, like half the people here. So um, we need to pray and support all of you that have friends and family that are incarcerated. And so I'd like to just pray for you guys and for those families and those people involved. Just write this point. Let's just pause. Lord, I just thank you for your grace and for your love. And I pray for those that raise their hands that have someone or know someone that's incarcerated. Lord, I pray that they would receive your love, they would receive your grace and your mercy in their time of need, and that they could be transformed by the power of the gospel. And I thank you for PMA, and I pray that those people that raise their hand, if those people have not gotten our PMA lessons, that they would come to me or sign up on the clipboard, that we can send them our free Bible correspondence courses that would change their lives for those that are incarcerated. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what is the biblical basis for prison ministry? The first point is, uh, and hopefully you all got an outline, and if you don't, there's some outlines on the back table there if, if they ran out. The first one is the principle of redemption. 
And you guys picked perfect songs for my message too because a lot of your songs talked about the redeeming love of, of God. All things are redeemable through Christ and he can bring spiritual healing and new life. Crime is fundamentally a moral problem and it's a result of man's rebellion against God. It's secondarily a socioeconomic problem. But the solution is the person of Jesus Christ. And Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And um, <clears throat> that is God's mercy, God's love, that he wants to redeem us. And Romans 6.23 says, that For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Colossians 1.13 and 14 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so prison ministry needs to be a presentation of God's grace, of his love, and of his redemption. And um, it's so important to, that all people know that they can be redeemed. No one is beyond the grace of God. And I'd like to share a powerful illustration of what God has done for us on the cross. And so I just need to grab, I've got a little piece of paper here. And I do have a little marker. What are some things that you think um, people go to uh, prison for? What are some sins? And I'm just going to jot them down on here real quick. Sorry? Stealing, Stealing okay. Murder. Murder. Anything else? Drugs. Yeah, that's a big one. Actually, about... 80% of the people in prison are in there with drug problems. They have uh, addictions. Anything else? Okay, right. And embezzlement. Yeah, my brother-in-law went for that. Okay, no, not quite. It was a little bit different. It was a white-collar crime. Sorry, Steve, if you're watching, but... <laughs> Uh, oh, that's right. You're not live streaming. That's good. That's good. I'm glad you're not live streaming. <laughs> I don't get in trouble. Okay, anything else? I got to move along here for sake of time, though. But And actually, I kind of wrecked the paper a little bit. But uh, the Bible, what the Bible says, actually, I got to talk a little bit before I show you the paper. But so the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, and then... In Isaiah 53, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray, everyone to his own way, but the Lord laid on him the iniquity or the sin of us all. So the sin that you and I have, which I've got on this paper, and it kind of fell apart on me, but um, um, this paper represents the sins that you guys just gave us. It's all been transferred to Christ when he died on the cross. And you got a great cross right back there. So when he died, he paid for that penalty through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, so we can have the victory. So what happens to the sin? Let me just illustrate that with this paper here. That's called flash paper. So what happens? It burns at such a high temperature, it actually turns into a gas. So there's actually nothing left of it. There's nothing. You can't find anything left of all those sins. That was murder, rape, all those things that I wrote down on that <clears throat> paper. So that just illustrates how powerful that redemption of whatever you have done, whatever sin you've committed, it doesn't matter. God says he can forgive all of your sins and cleanse you. And so that is the powerful thing. And I want to encourage you, you know, that there, you may know some people that know Christ. And I think on the next slide, <clears throat> oh, I don't have it in there. Okay. I meant to have another slide in there about 
sharing your faith with other people. But so it's good to, to when you have that, all of those sins forgiven and you're excited and you want to, you need to share that with other people. And it's important to do that. And um, I have one last illustration on this. I have a $20 bill. It's not crisp and new, but it's not terrible. But uh, I'm sure everybody wouldn't mind having that $20 bill just like that. But what if, what if I started to crumple it up, and what if I punched it? What if I even, there's no dirt up here, but what if I rubbed it in the dirt, stamped on it? And what if I spit on it? I'm not going to spit on it, but if I spit on it, and I started, just smushed it up. Now, would you guys still like that $20 bill? Nobody would probably turn that down, except one time I gave this illustration, and a little kid said, no, I wouldn't take it now that you spit on it, you know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> the kid doesn't know the value of $20, okay? But anyway, so there's nothing really you can do to this, and I think you can even tear off, as long as you have three-fourths of the, the thing, they'll, they'll, they'll still take it. You can't, like, take more than half of it off. But anyway, there's not much you can do. I mean, um, I've had it go through the washing machine. Probably you guys have too. But you, it's still good. The intrinsic value is still there. It's worth $20. How much more is the value of a human, a human soul? It doesn't really matter how much they've been punched up, torn up, or crunched up, or spit on, or beat up. Uh, they still have that same value. And so we need to understand, as we do prison ministry, that these people are, are, are souls that people died for on the Christ cross, and that we need to re, re, help and, and be a part of God's redemption, at redemptive act, and being able to share the gospel, the good news of the gospel. So we go to point number two. And the second principle for prison ministry is the ministry of service. The body of Christ is called to minister to those who are imprisoned and oppressed. Unlike any other organization, the church has been ordained to be God's instrument of grace and mercy to this world. The act of serving prisoners, ex-prisoners, and their family in the name of Jesus is both a ministry and a means of worship and spiritual growth. As we move out and we do this, um, um, you're going to grow. You're going to grow spiritually, and you're going to be able to have an amazing ministry. Now, can you have a true church and not have a prison ministry if you live near a prison or a jail? Satan is working to trap those people in sin. It's our job to bring the good news that can set them free from the bondage of sin and death. And along of what that song we were just singing before I came up here. So we, as God's people, have the key to set people free. Not necessarily from the physical prison, but the spiritual prison, as your pastor actually prayed as well. The prisons of their mind, the prisons of depression, the prisons of fear, the prisons of drugs, and so many things that people have got themselves trapped into. We need to get our people out of the pews and into the community and helping to set those people free. And if you have a jail or prison nearby, we need to be reaching that too. 2 Corinthians 5.20 it says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So God needs an ambassador to go to your local jail and prison. So who's going to go? He has chosen us to be his ambassadors, to be his mouthpiece, and we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. So your church here is an embassy for your neighborhood to reach these neighbors. And God is calling you to reach them and in your home, that's where you live, on that street, your home is the embassy to reach that neighborhood. And so um, I'm excited to be part of what God is doing to reach those people in jail and in prison. And Hebrews 13.3 says, Continue to remember those in prison as if you 
were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. And another key passage which was, was directed towards the, uh, the kingdom church in Matthew 25, but he does mention the word prison, and I think the principle still holds for us today. In Matthew 25, 36, Jesus said, I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? And when, did we, when were you sick or in prison and we went and visited you? And the king will reply, whatever you did to one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. So if you think about it, when we visit prison, it's like visiting Jesus. We're showing our love to the Lord Jesus Christ is how much you love God. Would you be willing to go and visit Jesus if he was in prison? I hope you would. <laughs> I hope you would love the Lord that much. And that's what he's saying there. Is Jesus waiting in the nearby jail? Is he waiting in the nearby prison? Who is going to reach him? Who's going to encourage him? If we have the cure for sin, wouldn't, shouldn't we go to the highest concentrations of sin so we can have the greatest impact? And so... The darker the place, the greater the light will shine. And so that's what I feel, how God is really bringing revival in the church through, through, the, through the ministry in to the prisons. And I just got an email this week from um, um, a pastor who spoke at the Cowboy Prison in Zambia. And there's about 1,800 inmates in this maximum prison. And he said when he spoke there, there's over 900 inmates in, in Cowboy Maximum Prison that are doing our lessons. So almost half of the whole prison are doing our lessons. And so today it's my hope is to stir up the work of the Holy Spirit in you today, the body of Christ, for the opportunity to reach men and women behind bars and reaching the whole family that's affected by sin and break the cycle that many people are in. So let me see if the next slide has... Okay, that's where it is. Who in your life that you know needs Jesus? So if you know someone that you... Maybe you've talked to them, and they don't know for certain that if they died, whether they go to heaven or not. You know, you need to, to talk to them and pray for them. So think about people, family, friends, classmates, coworkers, maybe your neighbors, and then work on developing your testimony. I don't know if I got a next slide, I think. Write down their names, pray for your friends, look for opportunities, and include other people, too, that might have common interests with your friend that needs to know the Lord. And so... That's really the principle of service as we reach out. And I was a missionary for 20 years in Australia, and um, the, it was really hard. It was hard. A lot of people didn't believe in God. They didn't believe the Bible. And so to break up that hard ground, I had to love people. We, and, and so service is how you do that. You show love to people, and as you break up that hard ground, then they're more receptive. And so that's what I encourage you to do with your friends, those people that don't know Christ, is really show God's love to them and just encourage them and bless them and pray for them, and then share your testimony. That's the most powerful tool that you have to share. And let's see what the next slide's got. Okay, we're on number three, principle number three. So we've got redemption, service, and this last one is transformation. By faith, we bring glory to God on earth as communities are transformed. Prison, is a, prison ministry is a powerful testimony to the world of the transforming power of the love of Christ. The community as a whole experiences transformation as the church reaches out to those affected by crime and demonstrates the mercy and grace of Jesus. And Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul says, Therefore, 
I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And Ephesians 4, 14 to 16, it says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament and grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so that's the beauty of that transformation that happens. And so through the Bible, there's many examples and descriptions and commandments about the prisons, prisoners, bondage, captivity, slavery. The Bible mentions prison, prisoners, imprisonment about more than 130 times. And God wants to work in transforming men and women for his glory. And what better example can we see when God transforms an inmate or a prisoner and transforms them to become more like Christ? And a great example in the New Testament, as you think about Saul, in the early book of Acts, Saul was helping murder Christians. And then his name changes from Saul to Paul because he comes to faith in Christ. And now he is planting churches. He's helping uh, write most of the New Testament. And he is doing some prison ministry from the inside as an inmate. He's in prison for sharing the gospel. And so he really, and as you think about it, he did correspondence courses the opposite way. Like he was in prison and he was writing the letters to the churches. Um, And what we're doing is we write letters to the inmates and and helping them uh, do it that way. So it's kind of the reverse. But uh, I think the next slide talks about PMA here. Or no, it's just a review. So the biblical basis for prison ministry is we've got the redemption. You know that all things can be redeemed through Christ. And then we're given the, the, the task as the body of Christ is to serve others and show God's love to them. And then third is the principle of transformation, that God wants to transform those lives of all those around us, especially those that are lost in their sin, like in prison or in jail. And then the next slide I want to talk a little bit about PMA. Now, some of you guys have, I talked to Barb earlier. She was a volunteer at Corrected Lessons. I think there's a number of people here that have Corrected Lessons. And so what we do is we provide free Bible correspondence courses, both in English and Spanish. And it started back in 1955. I think the next slide shows Joe Mason, who started it down in Texas, uh, Mineral Wells, Texas. And, and, And a few months ago, I got to go to Mineral Wells, Texas, really the home of PMA. It was really a blessing to be there. So now, um, um, he started it actually because when he would go and visit the jail or prison, oftentimes he'd say, well, where's Sam or where's Joe? Oh, they got transferred to Kentucky or Florida or other prisons, and that people move around so much that it was hard for him to follow up and disciple it. So he developed uh, these follow-up courses and Bible studies doing through the mail. And some prisons, it's really hard to even get into, but the mail gets into every prison well, pretty much every prison. There's some prisons now are not letting us, <laughs> they're not accepting mail. They want to do it digitally. It's called text behind, and a few. there's a few other things. Uh, it's making it a little difficult. There's a few challenges there, but that's the principle that he started back in 1955, and so God has been really blessing that since then. So if you want to go to the next slide. So I became the director in 2014, and so I've really worked hard to to expand beyond the smaller base that we were working in, the smaller 
church group that we were reaching, trying to go, I basically go to every group, or every, whenever I can, and speak at all kinds of different churches and conferences. And so we've gotten a lot of exposure nationwide. And um, in September, we're going to be in the Inside Journal. If you've heard of Prison Fellowship, they feature us once a year. And so they don't provide a, a Bible correspondence course, so they promote ours through Prison Fellowship. So anyways, through God's, we give God all the glory. We've almost 40,000 inmates um, um, since we started tracking this, like in the year 2000. So I don't know what we had before the year 2000. And so we've had 1,991 new students um, um, in, in 2021 with a total of 39. But this 19,000, actually, I should have read the top there, 19,000 new PMA students in the last seven years, which has really been amazing. And I want to just thank you. And that's the next slide, I think, is I have, which is a really good verse for this. It's 2 Corinthians 4, 15 and 16. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And so I just want to express my thank you for being a partner in doing this ministry with us, because we can't do it without you, without your prayers, without your financial support, and without your volunteer help, as we all coordinate and work together for that. Now, I don't know, I don't see any kids. Usually I do this if there's kids, but I think adults might like it too. So I don't know if anybody here likes coloring in. I know my wife loves to color in. Does anybody here like coloring in? A couple people. Okay. <laughs> I've got here what I call the Life Transformation by the Gospel Coloring In Book. It's a little bit different. It's a little unique. If you notice here, what's different about this coloring in book? It's blank. There's nothing to color in. You'd say, I want my money back, Dwight. That is, that, <laughs> that is not a good coloring in book, especially those of us that aren't very good artists. So it's blank. But that's the way it is with a lot of people, especially people in prison. A lot of them have never read the Bible. They've never been to church. In fact, one, we, we do services at the Oak Park Heights, Super, Supermax Prison, and he said, if he'd never gone to prison, he never would have heard the gospel because he said the people that he ran with and all of his circles, his social, everything, his family, no one talked about God. No one knew God. And it wasn't until he went to prison. And so he was actually thankful that he got to prison because he got to hear about the gospel and got to change his life. So people have no purpose. Their lives are blank. They don't know God. They don't know the story. They don't know the gospel. So what we do at PMA is we have the Bible correspondence courses that we can mail and once they start doing that, now have a look at the coloring in book. Now it makes a little more sense. You, you've actually got an outline and you can understand it. And so too, they've understanding the Bible and the concepts, they have the head knowledge, and then we want it to move from their head to their heart, where they fully applied the scriptures. And then you get it fully colored in, is what we've got here. Now they start out with no purpose and meaning to life. And so when they do the Bible correspondence courses, that gives them the knowledge, and then we want them to put their faith and trust in God through the fully understanding and comprehending. So that's basically, and that's what I use, one of the things I use with kids. <laughs> Helps illustrate what PMA is doing, and it's so important. Now, I've got a few pictures of some transformed lives, because that's really what it's all about, is it transforms lives. And um, it's pretty cool, because I've never done this presentation with some of the people in the crowd, and so today... <laughs> Today, th this is a picture of Sandy and Robert Berry, and uh, Sandy was a is, a is a volunteer at PMA, and her sister as well. 
And so I don't know if it's okay to talk about you, Bob. I didn't realize you were going to be here. But anyway, Bob, <laughs> Bob, Bob was incarcerated for something that he didn't do. And so he was in prison. And so his sister and his wife sent him the PMA lessons. And I think for a while, as as he tells me, maybe I should have him tell the story, but he was pretty angry about being, and I think I would be angry too, you know, if I was incarcerated for something I hadn't done. So, but he finally, he he started doing the Bible correspondence courses and he finished all 35 of them. And God really worked in his heart and changed it. And now he has become a, a super property manager. He, he fixes and cleans and paints and builds and does everything at the PMA office in Port Orchard. And he's also become, a, several years ago, he became a, a board member and serves on the, on the PMA board and is, is just amazing, super uh, helpful volunteer for our prison ministry. So that's, a, that's, that's exciting. And then I have another example on the next one is Dave Kepner, who he had lost everything. He had lost his wife, his job, his car, his home, he had nothing, and he's in prison. And then he started to do our Bible correspondence courses lessons as well. And um, I've actually I've got a video, so you can hear his testimony and his friend Jim, who go now to our church at Bethesda. So if you want to click the next slide, we've got that. Hi, my name is Pastor Dwight Anderson. I'm the director of Prison Mission Association, and I'm excited to be able to talk to you about our ministry. It got started back in 1955 with a guy named Joe Mason down in Texas as he did jail ministry, prison ministry. He found that oftentimes the prisoners or the inmates would get relocated to other locations, and he wanted to follow up with them. So he developed a correspondence course that he could mail. So our lessons can go anywhere the mail goes. And we now have over 38,000 students all across the country. We're in pretty much every jail and prison across America. And our goal is to develop leadership from within the prisons and plant house churches, or micro-churches is what they call them now, uh, within each prison and each jail. And so I'm excited to talk to you about Dave Kepner, who is one of our students. Vern Hendrickson, he went into the Scott County Jail, and uh, he was mentoring David and going through the Bible courses. And David just, just got so on fire for the Lord, and his life was just transformed. What's really exciting is that Dave now is out of prison, and he, God has called him to develop the New Creations ministry. So what I love about that is that God redeemed him, pulled him out of prison, and now he's put him in a place of, of, of ministry where he can give back to the community, and he is helping those that are coming out of prison, coming out of recovery, giving them, uh, equipping them with a career and teaching them how to work on cars and body work here at New Creations. I was lost in, in my life. You know, I was really wrapped up into my own business. I had, um, you know, several businesses and it came to a point in my life where I um, ended up in prison. I uh, lost everything that I had worked for, business, marriage, all of those things. And then, um, you know, I came to that point where I was at the end of myself. And from, from that point, I, um, surrendered every room in my house, shall I say, you know, every area um, I surrendered in, and because my way got me into uh, prisons and treatments and drug addiction through my whole life. But when I came to the end of my road of myself, um, that's really when God was able to, um, to sculpture and mold me into what his will is for me. And um, by being humble, and grateful for what he has for me to do and, and really just surrendering, that's the key. Um, now it's, when I get up each morning, I have a bounce in my step. I willfully will my will to God's will. 
And um, that's the difference in the key in my life. I've really come to this understanding and, and really of, of being able to be a servant for the Lord. One of his friends that he reached in the prison was named was Jim Kralik. He introduced him to the PMA, the Prison Mission Association, uh, Bible Correspondence Courses. I did a prison outreach program with Pastor Dwight Anderson. It was during this time that I really started to open up and understand wholeheartedly what the Bible was all about and what Christ did for us. We were doing a retreat. It was a three-day retreat. At the one point during the retreat, they dim the lights, and this is when you wholeheartedly give yourself over to God, over to Christ, and all your troubles, your fears, your anxieties, you lay that all on the table, and you ask God into your life. You can see I'm starting to get a little emotional now just thinking about it. Up to this point, I was very angry. Uh, I had lost my house, I had lost my job, I had lost everything I worked my entire life for. I was very bitter, and like I mentioned before, I was suicidal. Depression ruled my life, and anger was a huge part of my life. At the drop of a hat, in an instant, I could explode, and that night, at that moment, during the retreat, I asked God to help me with that, and uh, I said there had to be more to life. I did not want to live life like that, and this feeling came over me. It was a, a great warmth that was in the room. I, I was starting to tear up, get very emotional, and almost instantly, after asking Christ into my life, I could feel this peacefulness, this calmness that settled down over me and the anxiety, the anger, the depression slowly started to go away. I've been a true believer ever since that day. But if anybody that's known me long enough can see the old me and the new me, they definitely noticed the change. I ended up, when I got out of prison, hooking up with Dave here at New Creations we are building new creations into something special. Both Dave and Jim are involved at Bethesda Church and in the local church and here at the New Creations Ministry. So I am so excited how God can take lives and turn them around and use them to continue to bring the gospel of the grace of God that transforms hearts, lives, and marriages. And so I want to thank you for your prayers and support for Prison Mission Association and for the New Creations ministry and if you do want more information about prison mission our website is prisonmission.org and a new creations is newcreations.org so again i'm pastor dwight and i want to thank you and god bless you for watching this video one way you can help us too um, is to share the videos and share the youtube channel and your social media pages so in tinyurl.com forward slash PMA testimonies is that particular one if you want to do that. So next slide, I think, talks about the kids. So we not only try to reach the inmates, but uh, we've partnered with the Mailbox Club out of Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know if you've heard of it. We used to do CEF, Child Evangelist Fellowship, but they stopped doing the Truth Chasers Club. So we do the Mailbox Club. For, it's for kids ages 4 to 18. So when, we talk, when I go into the jails and prisons, we ask them if they have any kids. We sign up their kids. 
And um, it's not a prison ministry, it's a children's ministry. So if any of you guys wanna sign up, I do have a sign-up sheet at the back table there. If you have any grandkids or kids, ages four to 18, it's full color correspondence courses, and they have that in English and Spanish as well. And then the next slide, I think we've got the digital tablets. So as we've been expanding and going beyond just the old-fashioned snail mail, as we call it, now more and more inmates are getting these digital tablets. They're not connected to the internet. They only have the content, whatever's content is put on the digital tablet. So we have all of our lessons on there, and then they self-correct, and they have the answer keys, and then they correct it themselves. And so we're having thousands of them um, are being used on the digital tablets, and um, we're continuing to develop more and more stuff that we and how we can follow up on that. In fact, this last week I heard about someone who wrote and asked, has done our lessons and wants a certificate. And so we got to try to figure out different ways of how we can handle that. So we appreciate your prayers on that. And then someone did ask me how effective this was before the service. And so I did have a, a student intern at a college. It was Grace Bible College at the time. We had 260 of our most recent PMA graduates at the time. I gave them all the list because everybody's prison ID number is public knowledge, whether they're in prison or out of prison or what status they're at. So she researched that all out. Now, the national average, I think I mentioned, is two out of three will repeat offend in three years. Well, with the, with the, with out of that with findings that she found, with if they've done all of our lessons, it's only 10.2% instead of 67%. So that is a great statistics just for itself. <laughs> Speaks for the lessons, and it's going to save the government a lot of money because it's very expensive to house these guys every year. Okay, next slide is uh, I did write a paper, and um, I do have, I think, two or three copies on the back table if you want the physical copy, or you can download it from our website on the post-COVID-19 prison ministry, which really lays out the philosophy of how we're doing ministry and developing leaders from within the prison. And I call it the greenhouse effect. And I have a video on YouTube as well on the greenhouse effect. Next slide. Um, a few years back, um, I was asked to do a radio podcast. And so we have about 88 of those shows. And um, um, you can just listen. If you have a Siri, like an Apple product, or you have Alexa, you can just say, hey, Alexa, play podcast Prison Transformation Radio. And it'll play. Or it's on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, all pretty much anything that does podcasting, we've got that. So you can listen to that and learn more about what God's doing behind bars. And then last month, I was able to speak down at the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary and do a workshop, and I had quite a few people interested in maybe setting up a BCF. What's the next slide? Have I got BCF? Next? No, okay, the 12 seeds. I've got a gift for one per family. I have like 30 in a box. I don't know if Cal can hand those out or if you want to just pick them up as you walk out. I don't know what the best way is to give out the books, but I've got a book, 30 of books that I want to give you. Norm is a good friend of mine. He wrote this book and several others, and he's retiring now. He's 76, and so we were his biggest distributor of his books, and so he's donated all of his books and his copyright and everything to us. So that's been a real blessing. And so he's given us money for a book fund so we can print the books and give those out. And so the next edition, which this is almost out of print, We'll be reprinting here at the end of July, and it'll be published by, by PMA. Okay, the next slide. Yes, we need help. We need your help in your prayers. I do have a, a sign-up clipboard. I'll, I'll pass this around. If you don't get our PMA updates, we mail out a physical one in the spring and in the fall, so it's twice a year. 
and um, you'll be able to get involved by praying for us. We would really, really appreciate that. And the next slide is to pray for our staff. So you see a picture of me. I live in Minnesota. And then Simone Montfort, she's actually here today. So I don't know if Simone, if you want to stand up or wave. Yep, so she's here. So you can talk to her and pray for her. She needs your prayers. She's doing a great job. She's taking over for Karen. And everybody here probably knows Karen Bedoich. She's done a fantastic job and been support and training uh, for Simone in the home office. Next, we still need prayer, and this has been a prayer request for a couple of years now. We need someone who's bilingual that can help us with the Spanish ministry, and it'd be good to have someone local here. We have had people in Florida, other locations, so they don't have to be located near the home office, but it would be really helpful. So please pray for that, and pray for, um, we don't have time to go through all these. Maybe just go to the next slide, I think, is opportunities, yeah. So these are opportunities for you. You can be a prayer partner, you can be, uh, become a lesson corrector, you just talk to Karen, or Simone here today. You can support us as a financial partner. You can help us with Spanish lessons if you, if you know somebody with, that's bilingual. You can volunteer to help in the home office. It's right here in Port Orchard. Uh, any office work and social media, I could help have help with the website or any, if you know anybody that could maybe help us with the website, that'd be great. You can share a prison transformation radio podcast and you could start a local BCF hub to reach the nearby prisons. We have over 50 of these, and they basically duplicate what the home office does. So we give them all the answer keys, the lessons, the certificates, and so they do all the printing, distributing, and visiting in the jails and get volunteers. And so I've got 50 on the next slide here. Uh, we don't have time to go through all of them, but there's just a couple of them. All, they're all different places across the country. And the next slide, we've got it now in 27 different countries, and the latest overseas ones are in Zambia and Ndola and Livingston. And so if you want to show, we just I'm going to zip through these really quick. But I mentioned Cobway Prison. There's 900 inmates, half the inmates in there are doing our lessons. And the next one, we've expanded this year actually to Choma and then um, Livingston and Nadola. And then we've got it, that's Choma. Just keep rolling, I guess. We've got to go through these quick. This is Choma. That's a recent one. He had just started doing it and he had 35 people come to know the Lord the first, the first time that he went in and signed people. Then in Uganda, we'll just have to go through these quick. Then Tanzania. Actually, there's another guy that does it in Uganda and Kenya. In Paraguay, there's a young guy that just started preaching, and they're leading people to the Lord in there. And then Kumba. And then I did a missionary conference in Altoona with the BBI, Berean Bible Institute was there, and they said that he went past it already. But the Bali Jacob guy is doing uh, courses in being Pastor Bali Jacob because one of the missionaries goes, hey, he's doing our correspondence courses through the Internet. So anyway, so it's pretty amazing how God's been working in Cameroon, and I think they're just about done. Is there another slide? Yeah, so you can just pray. Join our prayer team, pray for the ministry, listen to the podcast, volunteer to correct lessons, and then you can donate to help, because as we've been growing in postage and with inflation and everything, um, uh, we'd appreciate your prayers. And also on the table, I forgot that if you haven't seen our lessons, there's a sample on the table there of our introductory lesson. Now, you don't have to be an inmate to do these lessons, and you don't have to be an inmate to get the college credit. You can get free college credit if you complete all 35 lessons with, with the Brian Bible Institute. So um, again, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to come and to share what God's doing behind bars. I'd like to just close in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for what you're doing. You're doing far beyond what I could even ask or imagine, Lord, and with all of the different ways that we are able to reach out and touch those that are hurting behind bars and in jail. And I thank you for all those that have invested time 
and their talents and worked hard to make this happen. It's definitely a team effort. And I thank you for all of the PMA team. I thank you for Simone Monfort, who's here today, and uh, her husband, Mike. And I, I thank you for Barry uh, and, and his wife, Sandy, uh, as part of the board, and for Cal and Karen Bedoich, who've been doing this for like 25 years, and for their faithfulness. And then thank you for all of the volunteers here and all of the supporters and the prayer partners that are part of this at the church, that you would just continue to bless them. And I pray for your blessing and wisdom for them as a church too, as they make decisions for the future and, and that they, you would provide the pastor, that the uh, full-time pastor for the heading out for them for the future. I pray this now in Jesus' name, amen.